Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. How are you doing this evening? Good. Well, okay, you're, you're, you're a little antisocial yourselves. Well, I'm uh, glad that you're here. I'm Ben. I'm the lead pastor. Uh, and uh, this week, I'm really uh, kicking off and introducing this series uh, as we look at uh, creating connection uh, in, in a world where that can sometimes be difficult. I grew up, and uh, I remember uh, that there would always be these great teams. Uh, I don't know how many of you in the way back machine uh, remember that there was uh, Captain Kirk, and he had who? Who was his teammate? <laughs> Let's try that again. Hi, I'm on Ben. I'm the lead. No, just kidding. The... Uh, <laughs> Kirk had who? Yeah, and there was the Lone Ranger had who? Which isn't that really weird? He was called the Lone Ranger, right? And uh, he still had someone, and we see these incredible teams. Uh, and there's something there that we see in our culture, in our society, but definitely in the Bible, that we were created for connection and community. And it's not just uh, something social, although that's part of it. It's something uniquely spiritual uh, as well. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend most of our time in the book of Ephesians during this series. If you're not familiar with that book of the Bible, you're going to become really familiar uh, with it during this series. And it's one of those books of the Bible. I, I wasn't raised in church, so I had never, uh, we didn't even have a Bible in our house or any of that kind of thing. And so when I, when I read the Bible for the first time, uh, it was really incredible and interesting. Some of it was confusing, and this book in particular. Yet as I've uh, studied it over the years, it's become clearer, and if you've ever done a study of this book of the Bible, uh, I think there are some things that probably you're going to learn even if you're a, a long-time uh, church person. Uh, it's funny, often we read the Bible to learn about God. That's not a bad thing, right? But sometimes I think uh, we can look at the Bible another way uh, because it tells us about us. And that's especially true in this book of the Bible, uh, Ephesians. That one of the key messages over and over again is that you and I were created for a relationship with God. And that really... Uh, can transform our relationship with each other. Ephesians 2.13, uh, if, you if you have your outline, you can uh, follow along or, or your Bible app. Uh, actually, we're going through one book of the Bible, so if you want to do that. Some, some of you wonder why we have outlines uh, be, and you know, just have everyone you know, bring a Bible. Well, one, uh, most of us read our Bible electronically these days. Uh, but also, uh, I remember what it was like when I first went to church. And uh, I didn't know anything about the, and, and you're like, 
turn, you know, to the book of uh, Philippians, and I'm like, you know, which, by the way, I didn't read right. I'm like, oh, Philippines. I didn't know that the Apostle Paul went there. And, you know, <laughs> and hey, great job. I need one of those. So I thought the Bible was applicable uh, as I was looking at it. But, uh, you know, and I was sitting next to the Bible champ of 1984, and, you know, they're like, boom, and I'm still looking in the table of contents. So that's why we have this outline to help you along. Um, one, we can go faster, and for some of us who really weren't raised with that. Uh, Ephesians 2.13, it says, Now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. This book of the Bible is uh, really written to a group of people who, who felt like they were on the outside. They, they, had, heard, they had heard about God. They had uh, decided that they would follow God. But it seemed like somehow they just didn't fit in. I think that can be our experience uh, in life. It doesn't have to just be uh, in, a, in a religious sense uh, where, where we feel like we haven't found uh, our place. Or maybe you found your place elsewhere, but when it comes to uh, church and God and Christian community. Well, what I want to do before I get deep into this passage is I want to look at how we really get to antisocial. Uh, there's been all sorts of research on this, really going back to about the mid-90s, is that people... Uh, are what they call cocooning. Faith Popcorn, who is a, a sociologist, uh, and she studied this, is that, that people uh, tend to have more of a life uh, alone, and now uh, maybe even online, and face-to-face uh, -face contact is maybe not what it uh, used to be. So how do we, how do we get to that place? Uh, one, of the th one of the ways is just relational habits is that we get in these uh, relational habits. In fact, we get in ruts, don't we? Uh, my guess is if you come to Timberlake Church regularly, uh, you're sitting in approximately the same seat you sit in every week, right? And if someone sits in your seat, you're like, hey, that's great. You know, there's Jesus. I'm going <laughs> to... Uh, I'm going to send you to meet him if you don't get out of my seat, you know. The, uh, uh, but it's not, it, it, the truth is we get in habits. In fact, what I was going to do, I decided not to do this, especially when we're in the, you know, the uh, main auditorium on Sunday morning because there's just too many people. I was going to have you move seats. And some of you would like literally go into cardiac arrest uh, because we get in, we get in habits. Uh, uh, Tanya Minning, who's a uh, professor in the Graduate School of Business at Ohio State University, has done a lot of research on, on this and actually did a great TED Talk on this. And what happens is our ruts keep us from expanding social networks. Uh, think about it at work. Uh, you probably, if there's multiple lunchrooms, you go to the same lunchroom. You probably go to the same bathroom the same bathroom stall, you do, we, we get in all these ruts. You probably go to the same coffee shop. And uh, what happens is our world uh, can tend to get small. And in fact, one of the things we can do to expand our world is to be a little less efficient. Uh, where we 
uh, can, can bump into people. And she talks about this in terms of employment, uh, that it's not our strong connections that help us when it comes to employment. It's actually our weak connections. Uh, which is uh, the people who we have the most relationship with, we have the same social circles, but more the people that we've newly met. And our relational ruts can cause our world to get small. Another reason is just simply fear and anxiety. I know that there are people who uh, have some anxiety around uh, social relationships. For some of you coming to church, is even uh, a big deal. Maybe you have something, uh, a bad experience in the, in, in the past. I shared this, I think, a few years back um, that I was visiting my daughter. My daughter at the time, my youngest daughter, uh, worked at Emerald City Smoothie uh, in Redmond. And so I was going to visit her, uh, but she was with a customer, and uh, there were some other people in there, so I go back out in my car, and I wait, and because I didn't want, and then I went out to visit her again. There's another customer, so I didn't want to bother. I went out, and this happened a few times, and so I'm sort of waiting around, and then there, there's this one guy at the counter who never leaves, and I'm like, I, I just wanted uh, uh, to talk to her, and, uh, but this one guy wouldn't leave, and then so finally I, I went away. Uh, she told me later that he said, uh, yeah, I stuck around because there was this creepy guy who kept on coming in and out <laughs> of that. Yes, I am the creepy guy, Pastor Ben Sigmund, Timberlake Church. <laughs> but the truth is, is that sometimes we've had some uh, things that have happened uh, in the past that have been hard for us relationally. But it doesn't mean we don't try again. Uh, and my hope is during this series, whether it's your relationship with God or other people, and we're going to get to some practical stuff, is uh, that you will take some steps. Your spiritual growth is really dependent upon this. Uh, another reason that we can be antisocial is what I call secret sin. And sometimes it's not a big uh, secret. Uh, and some of you don't even believe in sin which is okay, sin believes in you. And the, uh, the truth is, is that when our world uh, maybe falls apart, maybe it's not even a sin, uh, we can tend to withdraw. My wife and I have seen this. I've, I've been a pastor now for uh, a long time, about 30 years. And uh, we'd see couples who were part of the church, and then uh, we wouldn't see them for a while, and then they'd leave the church, and my wife said, hey, it must be something you said. <laughs> and, uh, but, and then most of the times we'd uh, find out later uh, that there was maybe a marriage problem, there was an affair, uh, sometimes an alcohol or a drug addiction. And uh, so now I don't sweat it. If you leave the church, I assume you... Uh, committed adultery or a drug addict. The, uh, <laughs> not kidding. Anyway, uh, but the truth is when we're, I, I am kidding, I'm just having fun. You're new here and you're saying, he's weird. Yeah, I am weird. Can't help that. But uh, the truth is when we, when we're at our worst moments, we tend to isolate. And those are the moments that we need to reach out the most. And maybe it's not something sinful. Maybe it's just something stupid. By the way, not, not every stupid thing has to be a sin. Sometimes there's just, man, I'm just working through life and I've made some bad decisions. 
And now I need to find a way out. And if you find yourself in that place, I don't think it's any accident that you're here this evening. I think that God has, has really drawn you here uh, for you for a connection with him and even other people. One of the, the phrases that we have around here at Timberlake is no one stands alone. Is that is our desire that no one would walk through life alone. You've heard me say many times uh, before, I, hey, I'm glad everyone shows up to church on the weekend. But if you had to make a choice, one of our growth groups, about 80% of our adults are in some sort of growth group or a missions team or a ministry team. Because it's in those smaller circles that we find connection. And that connection is transformational. Well, there's also a painful past. Uh, so this could be from uh, growing up. There's actually, the, now I'm having a little bit of fun and joking a bit, but there are actual antisocial disorders. Almost all of them are rooted in childhood uh, experiences where something happened along the way and uh, we feel like we can't uh, connect. We feel like we're, uh, we're alone. Well, the Bible gives us uh, a different kind of invitation. The Bible shows us a different way to live. One of my favorite verses in all the Bible is Ephesians 2.19. And it's speaking to a group of people who were uh, not, uh, they were Gentiles, they were not Jewish. And there was some controversy because most faith, well actually all faith, in the world at the time was very tribalistic. It was very ethnocentric. And Christianity really came in uh, radically different than anything you see. Even, I mean, if you have to do a study of comparative religion, this is not to denigrate anyone, but you find even religions around the world are primarily ethno ethnocentric in a, in a language, in a race, and that's at core. But Christianity is radically different because the message is when people who are far away, people who are even considered themselves enemies of God, God says, why don't you become part of this family, my family? And the book of Ephesians really lays that out. These were people because they uh, weren't uh, from the Jewish faith, they were Gentiles, uh, that they were considered unclean. And there, there were some things that they were doing were definitely were not great behaviors. And in the midst of that, we read this. It says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. The idea is that you belong, look at, look at the, the words, uh, that you're no longer strangers, you are members, God's people, you are uh, citizens. My, my last church uh, that uh, I pastored uh, 10 years ago before I came here, um, most, uh, a lot of our people, uh, maybe half or so, were born outside of uh, the country, and when someone would go through their citizenship deal, which is a long uh, process, and it was like this incredible day. It was, 
hey, I, uh, I belong. And God is saying that in a spiritual sense about us. But it's funny, even in religious circles, that we can uh, feel sometimes on the outside. Uh, and we all have this need that God hardwired in us to belong to him and to be connected for other people. In fact, there's, there's really five universal needs that are laid out in the book of Ephesians. The first one is quite simple, is to be loved for who we are. And this is the message of the book of uh, Ephesians. It says in Ephesians 1.5, In his love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Now, it's funny, oftentimes this language, and this is what I was taught uh, sort of when I first became a Christian, is that this was a language of exclusion. That God would, he predestined some, and you know, some, some of you uh, are great, God just said, I've chosen you, you're going to be with me, you're going to heaven, uh, you know, and that's this side of the room, right side of the room, you're going to hell, sorry. Just sat on the wrong side of the room today, I guess. And, uh, but the funny thing is, uh, and I know if you were taught that way, I'm having a little bit of fun, but, but really from a biblical perspective, uh, that's not correct. The predestined language is always about the inclusion of the Gentiles. It's actually not about exclusion. It's about including people. It's about including people who thought that they couldn't be part of God's family. That they didn't belong. And that's really the second need is to know that we belong. And uh, that's one of the things that, uh, as we approach Easter and as we think about that, that uh, drives us as a church. Uh, and I'm always cognizant of that uh, fact. In fact, I've already had some of you, and I love how you put this in code. Hey, Ben, are you preaching on Easter? Yes. Well, I want to let you know I'm bringing a friend which means don't mess up. Uh, <laughs> you better start studying now there, Bible boy. So, you know, you want to do a good job with that. Because, and I get it, because there's a relational risk when we do that. And, uh, you know, it, again, when we, uh, when we operate as a church, we always try to think, what's that like? Because I, because I remember when I first went to church, it was a, a very traditional church. I'd, I'd become a Christian. Someone had really talked to me about Jesus. And we were singing through the hymnal, and I didn't even know how the lines worked, that you skipped line to line to line. And then, uh, and then in this church, you know, you would sing verses 1 and 3 and five, I don't know what verses two and four did to anyone, but they were, couldn't be sung, uh, you know. And it, we'd sing songs like, you know, about raising our Ebenezer, and I'm like, I don't know what that is, but that doesn't sound good, you know. And uh, it just didn't make a lot of sense. One of our goals is to make sure it makes sense, because it really 
really matters. Uh, because I believe, yes, heaven is a real place. And that when we know God, we're meant to exist for eternity. But I, I, I believe that that should begin right now. It says in Ephesians 1.13, And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation. When you were believed, you were marked in him with a seal and the promised Holy Spirit. And you think about that. When maybe you fell on the outside. Maybe for you it's, not, it's nothing theoretical. Um, in fact, I had a friend of mine when uh, I was pastoring church out in Arizona. And uh, he was, you know, sort of a successful guy. He was our city council president, and he was a developer and all of that kind of thing. But he said when he came to God and church, he felt sort of dumb. And I asked him, I said, why did you, why did you end up at our church? He said, you know, because you never made me feel stupid because I didn't know what to do. And he was able to take that journey of faith. And so I don't know what your background is, whether you're a longtime follower of Christ or you're just getting deep into this stuff and saying, I'm just taking my steps. But know that God's intention is that you would know him and that you would know him personally and that you wouldn't feel like you're on the outside. This last week, I've had the opportunity, I've been doing some stuff, had the opportunity uh, to uh, travel a little bit. Now, one of the places I was at this big conference, and uh, my daughter uh, was there with me, and uh, it was at the university she goes to, and uh, there were thousands of people, and got invited back into the green room, which is uh, which is awesome because they had like food back there <laughs> and everything else, and it was sort of this exclusive deal, and uh, my my daughter went. Uh, in there with me, and she said, I'm going to go get my friend. And, uh, and she, I, I said, well, I don't know if you're allowed to bring a friend in. She goes, it doesn't matter. She'd love it in here. <laughs> and uh, it was sort of cool. Her friend who uh, she brought in, and, and it was sort of this cool environment, uh, had it sort of always felt on the outside. But she, she felt included in that moment and maybe it's something bigger than that for you where you say God would you would you include me in your family but you struggle with your past and the reality is that all of us number three this goes to it is we need to be forgiven for what we've done that the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God in Ephesians 1, 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Yet here's the deal, is we can run from that because it seems fair, uh, scary. The promise is great, but we're not sure if that promise is for us. 
Isaiah 118, it says, Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be made white as snow. Though they're red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And that's hard for us to get our mind around sometimes. That when Jesus went to the cross, it was really so you could be forgiven. Like even of the stuff you can't forgive yourself of. Past, present, and future. And then really, uh, that leads uh, to number four. And that's to engage in God's work. It says in Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. See, the idea is... Uh, when you're part of the family, that, that God, he gives us an assignment. And oftentimes, I think that we're the, at our loneliest, our most antisocial is when we think about us, instead of when we think about the people around us. Where we say, God, what would you have me do today? I remember not long after I became a Christian, again, I was... Uh, uh, it, I, well, this was right after I was out of college and I was working. And at the time I was in a church, good church, it was probably not my style, but I knew I was called to be there for that season. And I stopped asking God, when am I going to get out of it? But God, what do you want to do through me? Who, who's here who I could meet today and maybe in some way be a blessing to them? Who could I be an encouragement uh, people sometimes think it, it, it's strange, or they did over the years. Uh, I, I had a friend, uh, and she was someone in a church where I first, first started as a pastor. Uh, she was, I don't know how old she was at the time, I think she was 80s, and then uh, she, in, into her 90s. Uh, her name was Margaret, and uh, she was like my favorite encourager. Uh, she also uh, was uh, someone who trailed off at the end of her sentences. And so it was sort of funny because as we would have conversations, uh, you know, uh, she would say, oh, help, except, except she never said the P. <laughs> and I thought, this little old lady has a potty mouth. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, but but she, she was sort of fun, and she would always call out the best in me. And each of us need that. We need someone who's going to call out the best in us. I think everyone, and you might write this to the side, uh, every one, is, uh, one of us needs these uh, four connects. Uh, one is, is we just need uh, connections and acquaintances. We need people in our life where we broaden our circle where we allow other people in and maybe it's from what we're going to receive or what we're going to give. But then we also need people who can uh, be sort of coaches for us. People who, and especially on a spiritual level, maybe who are a little bit uh, further ahead in their life and their walk with God, and that they can help us go a little bit farther. And then also mentors. One of the things that I've always had in my, and it's not like having, you know, your personal Obi-Wan or Oprah. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about someone who's just, uh, been there and can help you in your faith. Maybe you're looking at someone who's been married, you're married, 
and uh, you're looking at someone who's been married for 38 years, and you're saying, hey, I want to know how to make it that far. Or maybe someone who's been through the pain of divorce and now been able to recover from that. And you say, you know, I, I want someone like that to mentor me in my life. And then there's uh, those people in our life who God has called us to invest in personally. Where it's not so much about what we receive, it's about what we give. And when we invest in these kind of relationships, what we find is we start to become the people that God has created us to be. And that's really the fifth point, is to be freed from what's holding us back. So we read in Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive in Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you are saved. Every one of us has struggles. Every one of us has something that can be holding us back. And God wants to often can meet with us right in that place and say, will you, will you bring that to me? Will you bring, and maybe it's not a sin. Maybe it's just a struggle. Maybe it's a perception of how we connect with God. In fact, I, I want you to hear a story of someone who uh, was going through some incredible life struggles. Uh, and in the midst of that, at first started to hold back and away from other people. And then said, you know, I'm just not going to live that way anymore. Take a look at this. So when I was a child, my parents took all of us kids to church every Sunday. But for me, I did not feel a connection to God or to Jesus. Church was something that we had to do. I never didn't believe in God. I just didn't know how to have a relationship with Him and I didn't know how to let Him into my life and help guide me. Um, about eight years ago, I realized that um, there was something very, very wrong with my marriage. And I realized that it was starting to fall apart. I couldn't sit in, in service because whether it was the music or the message, something would just make me break down and cry. And there were so many times where I had to just get up and run out because I didn't want to be seen crying at church or anywhere. When I went through that time, when I went through that divorce, and I would say for probably two years, it was, um, it was bad. I couldn't even eat. I lost so much weight. My friends thought I was anorexic. I look back now, and yes, it was a really, really hard time, but God never left me during that time. I had to get through and I had to deal with some pretty hard emotions, but he was always there. God wants me in a relationship with him and he kept drawing me back and I kept going back 
And what I found was that God opened doors for me. He brought people into my life. He wasn't gonna just let me sink. I knew that God had a plan, has a plan for me. And eventually I was able to come back to church and sit through a whole service and not cry. I remember sitting in church one day and um, the pastor asked if we wanted to receive Jesus Christ as our savior. And I was scared to death, but I just looked up and I just said yes. Now I know that it's made me, I'm stronger, I'm happy, I love my life. I got baptized a couple weeks ago, and I officially became a member of the church after all these years. I describe my life now as the glass is overflowing. And if you had seen me eight years ago, you wouldn't have thought that. I am so happy now. I love my life. I love my kids. I am a believer in God and Christ, and I'm a follower and I love Jesus, and I want to live the life that He wants me to live, and I want to follow Him. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.